Welcome to the Front Office Exchange, where we take a look at the careers of executives and rising stars within the sports business. Now, here's your host, Jake Failing. Welcome to episode 27 of the Front Office Exchange podcast, where today we meet Jared Dillon, Executive Vice President of Sales and Marketing for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Now, Jared was a referral from previous guest Doug Worf, and he's nearing his two-year anniversary with the Lightning. I tell him a story of a recent trip of mine to Tampa, where in meeting with several sports business executives in the area, they all to a person raved at the Lightning organization, both on the ice and off. Jared acknowledges that, yes, on-ice success definitely doesn't hurt, but he also discusses how the Lightning's strong front office leadership has bred a team-wide winning culture. Now, Jared was previously a West Coaster, so he chats about his family's move east and with stops at the Raiders, Padres, San Francisco Giants, and in minor league baseball, he offers a unique all-sports, all-leagues perspective on careers advice, and much more. So without further ado, the Tampa Bay Lightning's Jared Dillon. Jared Dillon, welcome to the Front Office Exchange. Thanks for coming on. Hey, Jake. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. No, well, I was excited to be referred to you by uh, Doug Worf, who uh, another hockey executive, but no longer. Uh, it's am- it's amazing how fast things change, especially on his end. Um, but regardless, uh, he spoke very highly of you, a fellow Southeast hockey executives, so I'm sure you guys have uh, experienced much of the the same things. I know that you've been there only uh, about two years, right? You're you're coming on your two year yeah, anniversary, yeah, yeah, coming up on my two year anniversary. And and Doug, someone that I met uh, pretty early on here, and he and a couple other counterparts in Carolina are, are folks that I've known through my career in sports and have a lot of respect for. Uh, what they've done there. Um, and, uh, you know, we've definitely tried to take, uh, some of that and model it around what we've been doing at Tampa the last few years, but yeah, I'll be, I'll be two years here with the lightning, uh, coming up in about a week. Well, congratulations. Happy anniversary. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. No, well, <laughs> it's, being... gone, it's gone fast, which is a good thing. It means you're having fun. Yeah, exactly. You guys have had plenty of success. And, you know, I'm from North Carolina. I know the Hurricanes' entire story. They've obviously seen the highest of the highs and you know, in more recent years, unfortunately, the lowest of the lows. And, you know, I just wonder, you talk about that relationship with Doug and just jump in there. Do the teams in the, the southeast region of the U.S., you know, I don't want to say it's a bad rap, but it is not technically or historically, you know, hockey territory. So uh, is there kind of a best practices, almost kind of like small group when you guys get together for conferences or things like that? Yeah, it's funny that you should mention that. I, um, you know, I certainly uh, look at my counterparts in, in in other markets that maybe wouldn't be perceived as traditional hockey markets, or or really what we look at more than anything is just like markets. So you know, whether that's from a DMA standpoint, size, uh, number of Fortune 500 companies, uh, demographics of the fan base. Um, things like that, you know, uh, is what we really look like, look at, and, and some of the counterparts we try to speak with, you know, trying to compare ourselves up against the original sixes of the world, uh, just quite frankly, you know, it, it wouldn't probably do us a lot of good if we're just in completely different places from a business standpoint. Uh, not to say we don't try to take great ideas from those teams because they have a lot of them, uh, and we certainly do. I think we just learn a lot in speaking with other counterparts in very similar markets. And Carolina was certainly one. We speak to our friends at the Florida Panthers down the road uh, quite a bit. I look at other places, whether it be Nashville, 
um, some of the West Coast teams, the Anaheim, San Jose, Arizona. Um, you know, we, we, we even St. Louis to a degree. We we kind of have this group. Uh, I don't want to say it's anything formal. It's just people that I know and respect in the industry that I'll reach out to from time to time. Um, and the NHL does a really good job at our league meetings as well of trying to, when we're looking at data that's shared across the league, when you're looking at all 30 teams, uh, soon to be 31, uh, comparing data, making sure you understand you know, more relevant market-to-market peer groups is really important um, for comparisons. So they do uh, the analytics and, and group there at the NHL. Uh, club services do a great job with uh, helping us do that as well. And, and, you know, we talked a little bit about this in our first introductory call. You know, I just uh, had some business down in Tampa and met with people from the Rays and the Bucks, and all of them spoke so highly of you. And I know we laughed. You said, hey, it's easy when you've got the success on the ice. But what else? I mean, there, there's got to be something else that you're doing that you can attribute to, um, you know, getting that much attention, getting that groundswell in a place like Tampa with hockey. Yeah, it's uh, it's great. I mean, we're we're certainly bucking the trend of uh, of kind of hockey and uh, you know in the Sun Belt and that type of thing. And you know that listen, that does not happen overnight. It certainly doesn't happen in the two years that I've been here. I mean, this has been uh, you know going on. The franchise will be selling, celebrating its 25th anniversary uh, season next next season, uh, and and most significantly, you know, winning a Stanley Cup in 2004. Uh, going through some very difficult times after that, some ownership changes, but where we landed six years ago uh, or so now was a complete game changer for this organization and for this community, and that's when Jeff Vinnick bought this team. And I will say it to anybody that will listen to me for the rest of my life, it starts and stops there. The success of this franchise and where it is now with the brand, the community, um, never being you know, more popular is because of what Jeff Vinnick has done. And uh, again, that doesn't happen overnight. It, it's been a work in progress for six plus years for him now. Uh, but it started with him taking ownership of the team and putting people, great people into position to have great success, hiring Steve Eiserman as uh, our, our general manager on the hockey side. Can't get much more knowledgeable about the game of hockey and constructing a team than, than Steve Eiserman, right? and then putting Todd Lywicki and Steve Griggs in charge of the business operations. And, you know, Todd and Steve had worked together in the past. They had launched the Minnesota Wild together, uh, done so many different things on the business side, just unbelievable success everywhere those two gentlemen had been. When you look at that on the outside looking in, you know, you're giving yourself the best fighter's chance you can to have success in another market. And uh, when they got here and they started, um, you know, every single business metric that we measure off of and the industry measures off of, we're at all-time lows, all-time lows. And so to be able to see where they've turned that and, and we as an organization have turned that around in the last six years is pretty amazing. Uh, Todd Lywicki moved on to the NFL, as many people know, as the chief operating officer uh, working under Roger Goodell uh, probably a year and a half ago now. And uh, Steve Griggs, who was our president, assumed the CEO role. And we haven't missed a beat. I mean, Steve's an incredible leader. Uh, he works extremely well with Steve Eiserman to help us bridge that, that, that gap that sometimes exists between business and, and the player side, whether that be hockey or baseball or football. I've worked in all three. I've seen it everywhere you go. Those two gentlemen working together towards one common goal has been amazingly helpful. So you talk about a leader in Jeff Vinnick, Steve Eiserman, Steve Griggs that give us as executives and our staff the resources to be successful. That's really where it started. 
Uh, and then from there, I could give you multiple you know, programs or platforms that I think have helped us get to this point. But the, the single most I would point to is the difference that Jeff Vinnick and, and his wife and their foundation have made in the community of Tampa. Um, Todd Liewicki, uh, who Jeff would even give the credit to himself, I've heard him say it a million times, creating the Community Heroes program, where for the last five-plus years, uh, the Lightning and the, and the Foundation have given a Tampa Bay Area nonprofit uh, a $50,000 check for every single game, uh, including the lockout season for every day that there would have been a game. Wow. And when we got to the Stanley Cup final two years ago, I think that got all the way as high as $200,000 donations in, in from the Foundation to these Tampa Bay Area nonprofits. So it's allowed us uh, and it's allowed an owner like Jeff Finnick to come into a market where he you know, didn't live here, originally from Boston. But when he bought the team, he moved his entire family and, and as, at his time, his business here because he was truly believed in investing in the community and being here and meeting people and shaking hands and understanding what the causes are, understanding what the challenges are, understanding what the opportunities are in a, in a market. And so when you have a leader, an owner that does that, and over the course of that program, I believe it's over $12 million now, have gone to Tampa Bay Area nonprofits, and he just signed up to do it for another five years. Um, <clears throat> amazing. I mean, you talk, about, <clears throat> you talk to any business leader in this community, whether it be a sponsor, a seasoned seat holder, um, a suite holder, and I will tell you, there are folks here that go six years ago, five years ago, I didn't know anything about hockey but I wanted to do business with the lightning because I wanted to support Jeff Vinnick. And I believed in what he was doing was going to make Tampa a better place. Hmm. And so that, you know, <clears throat> keep in mind, the team's been very good for the last two years. This goes back five, six years ago when the team was not, you know, right. necessarily that great. And we weren't going to the playoffs. So a lot of that transcends kind of the success on the ice. And I think there was a lot of work that was done for four years to get it to that point. And then when the team performance started kicking in, that really helped us put it into overdrive and fast forward things. So, you know, a little bit of timing there, a little bit of luck, but I think, you know, um, it's because of the people that Jeff has, has put into place here and, and Steve and both Steve, Steve Griggs and Steve Eiserman. So, again, I, I cannot stress that enough. I've, I, I've been fortunate to work for some other really good organizations and really good owners, but I have never seen the impact that an owner can have on a market like I've seen with Jeff Vinnick and Jeff and, and his wife, Penny. So it's been pretty amazing, and I would yeah. put that at the top of the list of what's helped us get to achieve a lot of the accolades and things that have come in nationally over the last couple of years. Well, that's really impressive. So as Executive VP Sales and Marketing, give us a peek into what the, the structure of your team looks like. Do you report up into Steve? Um, if you could kind of explain that side of the business sure. for the Lightning. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. Uh, yes, there, we have five EVPs. I'm one of them. We report into the CEO, Steve Griggs. Uh, my business uh, department's disciplines that I oversee first would be anything ticketing related. So we, we all ticket sales, ticket services, the box office, um, all those things that are ticketing related. Uh, we probably have about 40 to 50 people in that in, in within those departments in ticketing. Uh, the second group would be marketing. <clears throat> probably about about 15 people in the marketing group, and that's anything related to to our marketing strategy. So that could be creative, creative services, uh, branding overall, all of our advertising, um, grassroots marketing, live events, 
um, all of our entertainment in terms of the cheerleaders and mascot and community things that we're doing out there with our mobile marketing unit and our street team, um, as well as all of the um, digital database, uh, website, social media, etc. All those groups kind of report up to my VP of marketing. That reports to me. The third group <clears throat> is our business analytics and strategy group, which uh, a couple of years ago was really just focused on helping ticketing uh, with pricing and analytics around dynamic pricing or forecasting and revenue projections. And really under the leadership of Chris Kampke, our, our senior director of uh, strategy and analytics, we've grown that group into be more of an in-house consulting group uh, where they go department to department and help on special projects, anything that can, anything that we have access to data to help us make better data-driven decisions, they're heavily involved, and that would also involve our entire business planning, annual business planning process for the company. Uh, and then the fourth group that I have oversight of is, is retail. So we have a great partner in Delaware North who does all of our food and beverage and retail in the building and I liaison with them over all of the management and operations and strategy and marketing of retail uh, because that is obviously such a big part of our brand. Uh, folks wearing, you know, the lightning, you know, wearing the bolt on their, on their head, on a hat, on their shirt, on a jersey, whatever it is, we, we take that very seriously. So we, we work directly with Delaware North there to make sure that that group is being operated as best as possible. Okay. And you were recruited to the Lightning, uh, I assume, from the Padres. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I spent um, my background, I spent uh, about five and a half years at the San Diego Padres. Right. Uh, great organization, uh, great city. Uh, ran ticketing there for three years and then corporate sponsorship uh, partnerships for just shy of another three years uh, during my five and a half, six years there. Okay. And, and just curious, you know, you're a. I mean, West Coast, say, dare I say, a Cali guy. Uh, now, now, now you're two years in on the East Coast. What do you think? What are your impressions? Um, you know, let's start personal side. How has that transition yeah. been for you? Yeah, well, the beaches are a lot uh, more user friendly here in Tampa and in Florida. I'll tell you that much. Okay. Um, no, it's uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. I did uh, born and raised on the West Coast uh, in the San Francisco Bay Area. Went to college, undergrad, University of Oregon, grad school, Sonoma State University, uh, which is about an hour north of San Francisco, and spent my entire career until I moved here on the West Coast between uh, a short stint in minor league baseball, uh, San Francisco Giants, Oakland Raiders, San Diego Padres over the first uh, fourteen years of my career. So uh, was you know. Uh, pretty much a California guy, as you mentioned at West Coast, certainly. And, you know, it took a lot uh, for my uh, family and I, uh, my wife and, and three young daughters, to pick up and, and relocate across the country where we had no support system personally, professionally, didn't know the folks other than the interview process, didn't know the community, uh, you know, at least just what you could tell over a couple times in the market for an interview, right? But it took a lot, and it would have taken a lot to get us to leave, you know, San Diego. And, and really, I go back to the point I made previously, it's because of the people. Yeah. <clears throat> I came here because when I came twice over the course of, you know, two months of kind of that interview process, I spent time with Jeff Innick. <clears throat> I spent time with Todd Lewicki and Steve Griggs and the rest of the leadership team here. And I was blown away as, at what was happening here and going to a game and seeing the environment and seeing how the community was responding to the brand. And I just, 
I, I never forget coming home. <clears throat> I flew back, uh, first flight out at like 5.30 morning on Thanksgiving, roughly two years ago. And I remember walking back into the house in San Diego and telling my wife, hey, if I get this opportunity, like, we're going. Like, I need, we need to be a part of this. It's amazing wow. what is going on in Tampa. And uh, fortunately uh, for, for, for us, that, that ended up proving true. But, yeah, it was, uh, it, was there any, never, any point never an like, easy transition, that's for sure. Was there any point where you both looked at each other and said, are we really leaving San Diego? I mean, are we? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because also the uh, truth, you, truthfully, yes. I was going to say, that's I mean, come on. Is, I can, if you've been, if any of our listeners yeah. have been to San Diego, you know it's a, it's unreal. Uh, yeah. It's an amazing place from a weather perspective and just quality of life. And we've been very fortunate to come to a place like Tampa where it's very similar. Uh, there's a reason why millions of people vacation to Florida and Tampa in particular every year, right? So we're we're fortunate to have gone from one beautiful place to another. Right. Uh, what I will tell you, what I've learned about Tampa in a short amount of time, you know, again, two years, but I learned this in the first couple months I was here is such a great community, business community, the leaders, you're literally one degree of separation from getting in contact or getting to know any of the key leaders in the, um, in the, in the Tampa, in the greater Tampa Bay area, Clearwater, St. Pete, all over, uh, Tampa proper. I mean, it is amazing. And then from a community standpoint, just amazing people, uh, a lot of folks have relocated here, very similar to what I went through in San Diego. There was a very heavy military population in San Diego like we have here in Tampa. Uh, I want to say the latest statistic our, our marketing agency shared with us is that only roughly 33 34% of people living in Tampa were, either, are, were born in the state of Florida. So heavy, heavy transplant relocation wow. area, very similar to what I saw in San Diego. There are inherently great opportunities with that. There are inherently great challenges with that as well. Um, and I think my time in San Diego helped prepare me for, for, for those challenges here. Now let's take it to the professional side. You know, I don't know if anyone made the, the trip with you from West to East Coast, if you were even allowed to. If Contractually, you, you may not have been able to purge any talent, but how would you compare the markets? You know, everywhere, if it's a sports job, the line is long for these jobs. I understand that. Um, but, you know, I, I assume you've had to shape and build the team uh, there with Tampa, or maybe you inherited a great one. So can you walk through that a little bit? Yeah, no, it's a... It's a great, it's a great story. Uh, very different than my experience in, in San Diego, which was, you know, we, we went through a couple of years of really extensive rebuilding, uh, the opportunity here in, in, in Tampa. And I knew this coming in after meeting the people, um, not only Mr. Vinick and, and Steve Griggs and, and, and others, but when I had a chance to meet the rest of the executive leadership team, when I had a chance to meet the directors and vice presidents that I would quote unquote, kind of being inheriting, uh, a lot of those folks had been here the last couple of years. Certainly in the last uh, four or five years, Steve was really able to put his stamp on the organization and made a, a lot of those significant changes with leadership. So I was very blessed to come into a position where, of course, you, you're going to make some tweaks and you have maybe a different philosophy and those things. But from a personnel and a leadership standpoint, one of the best situations I could have imagined walking into. Um, you know, and, and we've had very minimal turnover at the leadership level while I've been here. That's something I've been very proud of. I think we've been able to make changes together, work well together without having to make sweeping changes or, or quote unquote, blowing anything up. It's been, how do we, you know, how do we go from good to great? It's kind of really been the mantra and how do we, you know, 
what got you here won't get you there type of mentality, right? Mm. So all those things in the past, all those accolades and successes are great. How do we keep raising the bar? And from a people standpoint, again, very uh, excited. I've had the team here. You know, the latest update there is uh, one of my senior directors, uh, one of our very best people in the organization, uh, Ryan Bringer, recently took a position as the vice president of ticket sales and service with the Washington Nationals. Hmm. Um, hard to lose a leader. Hard to lose someone that led our new sales campaign that generated the most new sales in the NHL two years in a row. Um, but you know what? We were ready. Ryan was ready for that opportunity, and he's joining a great organization uh, in the Nationals uh, with the folks that they have there, Valerie and others, and he's ready to become a vice president. And here in Tampa, you know, it's all about succession planning. It's all about personal and professional growth, and you know, we're going to have four or five people that end up getting somehow promoted with more responsibilities because of that one domino uh, dropping. And right. we were able to keep that all in-house, promote it all from within, and continue our, our mantra uh, of, of, of development um, and, and helping getting people what we like to call lightning made. Okay. And it, so it sounds like you've built a strong bench. Uh, <laughs> before he took that job, did he say, no, look, you've got to promise me you're going to sign Harper to a long-term deal or else? <laughs> <laughs> I think some news came out recently, right? They did, didn't they? Uh, I, I th- did they, they get something done? He, I th- uh, there I was think, some announcement on that, like he, maybe two days after he took the job. I told him good, good timing. Yeah, I think it was uh, <laughs> arbitration. Uh, That's you know, what he it got was. What he earned, but yeah, the, I think two yeah, years they're, now. They're, he's, he's in for a, a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, I came from back, you know, my background, 12 years of my career have been in baseball. Uh, love it. And, and uh, great organization in Washington, great market, great ballpark, great product on the field. And they got the all-star game coming in two years. So yep. he's going into a great situation there. And the, the best thing I can say about it is, you know, I, I do really believe in the mantra of like, leave a place better than the way you found it. Yep. And Ryan did that here. And with him and myself and the rest of our leadership team to be able to to be able to develop that bench strength of our future leaders and have them ready when the time came to assume new responsibilities. And again, as I mentioned, four to five people being promoted because of that. Um, Man, if there's anything I'm proud of in the last two years here, that's probably the thing I'm most proud of. Well, that's great. And you talk about the baseball background and then football as well. We had uh, someone on earlier uh, in an earlier episode, uh, Brian Killingsworth, who is your mm-hmm. former counterpart there with the Bucks, who now is, has moved on to something else. I don't know if it's the podcast that I don't know if it's a good bump or bad. You know, Brian and Doug are changing their career, so just be careful, Jared. Right? Yeah, don't uh, mess, don't mess with me, man. Yeah, I'm happy here. Ser- seriously, but no, he, uh, you know, he had multiple sports uh, in his background as well. So. It would love to hear perspective from you. I know this, we could sit here for hours talking about the differences, but, you know, between baseball, football, hockey, I mean, you've even got the minor league baseball as well. Are there any key differences between working and all of those other than 162 games versus fewer? <laughs> yeah, there, I mean, certainly a lot of differences uh, for sure, but I am always of the mindset, and I would, would argue with my counterparts, there's more similarities than there are differences. I think at its core, in terms of specifically looking at ticket sales and service uh, and marketing and those type of things, like at the, at the business foundation core, there is blocking and tackling and principles that carry over across. It doesn't matter what the product is. It really doesn't. Um, and, you know, I try to spend time as much as I can, not only talking to my counterparts around sports, but outside of sports. 
you know, I love to hear the marketing strategies or sales strategies or customer service retention strategies of great companies, you know, whether it's Silicon Valley companies or the, you know, the targets of the world, uh, Zappos of the world. Like I try to see what we can learn from those industries and bring them in here. Um, and so in sports, you know, again, I've been fortunate to work in minor league baseball, professional baseball, NFL, and NHL, and not only NHL, but we run uh, and own and operate an arena football team. Uh, we operate the arena. So you talk about every show that comes through here. I think we're the second most, most trafficked uh, arena in the state of Florida. Uh, major, major shows coming through here. So many event dates, so many people coming through here, whether it's you know, this, you know, working with our partners at Feld Entertainment on all the great events that they bring in to major promoters, uh, you know, bringing in the, the world's best talent. Getting to do all of that, you know, was another reason why I came here, that whole entertainment factor aside from just sports. So I do think, again, back to the original question, there are a lot of similarities, more similarities and differences. Um, of course, league to league, team to team, event to event, there's going to be you know, different uh, dynamics and, and, and things that are very specific to that. But I think, at least at my core, my philosophies on how I try to build a sales and service department and marketing department are all very similar and have been, you know, down to my roots, starting with the San Francisco Giants and, and leading me here to where I am today. Um, you know, and uh, I think that's a testament to the to the people I've worked with. You know, I've been been if I've done anything in life, I've picked to work for some really good leaders. You know, if there's any people that are aspiring to work in this industry uh, that are listening to this podcast, you know, uh, a word of advice is don't ever take a job about, you know, geography or title or compensation, especially early in your career. It's go where the best people are. You know, those are going to be your, they're going to help you build your foundation. They're going to be your friends and your mentors for life. And I've been able to work for four or five that are just what I consider some of the best in the business. And you learn a lot from every single one of them that helps you become the executive that you become someday. That's great advice. Uh, you know, just to take, again, the differences between the sports a little further, mm-hmm. what in your two years have you experienced where you said, wow, maybe this is more challenging than I thought in hockey? Or two, wow, this is better than I could have ever imagined? Great question. Um, you know, I think. I mean, I fewer think games is the easy the, one. Go ahead. <laughs> fewer With games that? is the easy one, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Um, you know, the 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 best kind of I don't want to call it a surprise because I have been to games before, but the thing that I think hockey that is so powerful that has going for us, and I know I'm going to sound like a homer here because I work in the sport, but it it is really, in my opinion the best live sporting event that there is. Um, coming to the arena, and we're fortunate to have you know, many sellouts, and when you're sitting there with 20,000 people in a small kind of arena setting, and the building is full, and you have all the lights and the effects and the jumbo, you know, Tron, our lightning vision, um, you know, we have real lightning in the building that we shoot off. I mean, just the sensory overload and the the entertainment value is amazing. It is um, completely different than anything I've done in the past. And that was one of the biggest draws for me. So one of our biggest philosophies is if I can get you here, if I can get you to a lightning game, you are going to come back. We we really truly believe that. And that's twofold. That's because of the entertainment quality. 
and it's because of the fan experience, um, customer service side. Uh, we've invested a lot of time, money, and resources over the last six years of Jeff's ownership to create what we hope and, and think is the best, if not one of the best, then um, certainly one of the top fan experiences, guest services experiences when you come to Amelie Arena. How are you greeted? How do our, our, day, our day of game staff, our ushers, our ticket takers, our parking attendants, all of our partners that are all in this together with us, how do they greet you? Um, you know, are they, are they helpful? You know, are they going over the top in terms of customer service? Like, we can't control what goes down on the ice and win or lose, you know, but we can control that parking lot to parking lot experience to some degree. And that's what we aim to try to, try to do. So I think that's probably been uh, the one thing that was even bigger and better than I could have thought of coming here. And, and I would say it's one of the biggest reasons for the successes that we've had is win or lose, when you come to this arena, you're going to have a great time and you're going to want to come back. And that's a testament to the you know, 2,000 plus people that work here on every event, whether that's a lightning game, a storm football game, a concert, whatever it is. And we secret shop ourselves five times, you know, per event. And, you know, we're scoring, you know, 98% plus, which is unheard of in this industry um, by independent secret shoppers, you know, and hmm. it's really a testament to the work that Jeff Inick, Steve Griggs, Daryl Binge, who runs our arena, and Mary Millam, who runs our guest services program, the time and effort that they've put in with all of our game day employees. It's, uh, it's really kind of a one-team mantra. doesn't matter what your job is, if you're front of house, back of house, if you work in engineering, conversion, housekeeping, you're an usher, you're a ticket taker, you're the CEO of the company, everybody knows each other. We all wear name tags. We all know your name. We all say hello to each other. That translates that attitude, that one-team kind of servant leader mentality translates to our fans. That to me is the secret sauce of what this organization has done. So right. I think bar, by far and away that was the biggest surprise to me and, and kind of key learning that I would take with me for my, my career. Um, on the flip side, maybe some of the bigger challenges, um, I think one of which, which we're actually doing, in my opinion, pretty well with, but one of them is just, you know, Hockey in the South, you know, a lot of people didn't grow up playing the game. And the franchise has been here 24 years, so it's not like we have, you know, original 600-plus years Toronto. Our friends just, you know, celebrated their 100-year anniversary, right? So <clears throat> teaching, teaching the game, you know, whether it be California or, 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 or Florida, traditionally a lot of kids don't grow up skating, playing the game. You might grow up playing football or baseball, whatever it is. Um, so one of the, the key tenants for us to kind of, help that and, and develop that is uh, the work that we've done by creating a, our community hockey department, which is led by Jay Feaster, who is the general manager of the 2004 Stanley Cup champion lightning team. He's come back, he's brought alumni players back, and these guys are doing amazing work in the community, uh, getting kids on the ice, uh, kids you know, that maybe aren't ready for that, getting them to play uh, you know, street hockey. And, and, and just learning the game and the fundamentals and developing a passion for the game. I think when you, can, when you can understand the game a little more, it makes it even that more relevant to you when you come out. And, um, you know, we've, we've put a lot of time and energy and effort into that, working with the NHL and the league's industry growth fund um, to develop youth hockey in right. Tampa, uh, the Tampa Bay area. So I think that's one of the bigger challenges is just, 
we're, we're a young franchise and we're a sport that maybe not a lot of people played necessarily themselves. So it's getting those casual fans that maybe don't understand the game to learn more. Right. Dave Anderchuk, one of the, you know, Dave Anderchuk, one of the greatest, in my opinion, one of the greatest you know, players all time of hockey. He was the captain of that 04 team, works here alongside us. <clears throat> he probably does 15 to 20 uh, very specific hockey tutorials, if you want to call it. Uh, it's part of our Lightning um, University kind of program where you learn hockey, hockey 101, 201, 301, and you learn the game. And Dave's breaking down on film what's happening. And we get hundreds of fans that go through these, uh, each of these classes. And every time they do, they're learning something new. They're getting more passionate about the game of hockey. They're developing more of a, um, more of a passion for lightning, uh, the lightning specifically. So, yeah, I think that's probably coming in. Uh, one of the challenges I knew would be there, but, you know, we've taken a lot of steps in the right direction over the last five, six years to get us to where we are today. I love the Hockey 101 idea. So as we wrap up here, let's take a a closer look inside of you. So off the ice, let's say. Um, You mentioned Zappos earlier. I caught that. You seem like kind of uh, you're in that category of lifelong learner. You you appreciate strong business leaders and concepts and things like that outside of the sports industry. Um, How do you get your information? Are you a... Uh, you, you like to read printed materials? Are you a Twitter guy, podcast? Uh, what, what, where do you get your information? Yeah, um, a lot of it is uh, for me through Twitter and then just in reading, whether it be articles, um, you know, for me reading different articles about what's going on in the industry, whether it's the customer service industry, the retail industry, entertainment as a whole, uh, what you know, highlighting certain companies. I love to read articles. It's a lot easier to do during the course of the day than, you know, try to open up and read a, a new book. I'll, I'll try to sprinkle in a new book here and there. Uh, you know, whether it's a Dale Carnegie, uh, you know, book, oh, wow. whether it's okay. uh, Gladwell. You know, sure. I, I got I got some of my favorites, but I think just trying to find the time to do that, I think, is critical. Uh, it's probably something earlier in my career I did not do enough. Uh, in hindsight, and uh, listen, everybody's busy. Uh, everybody's schedules are hectic. It's really important to carve that time out for kind of continuous learning, continuous education. And uh, so, I, yeah, I'll probably consume most of that um, by reading articles that are shared with me via Twitter or someone emails me or searching them out on my own. Um, but that's that's probably been the best part. Um, one of the things I've focused on in my career over the last couple of years is trying to do that more and more and apply those strategies that maybe aren't specific to sports and entertainment to our industry. I think in terms of books, you and I are probably reading the same thing with three young kids. A lot of cardboard, <laughs> thick pages. I gave up on the parenting books a long time ago. Oh my gosh, there were all they <laughs> after just my, after our first one. I, I you know I knew hey, I could read as much as I want, but nothing prepares you for actually just doing it. As you say, those books just so. made me angry. Yeah, you know, like all maybe right, I'll look. write. Maybe I'll write one now. Now that I have three daughters, right? So right, and, and then finally, you mentioned a little bit of advice earlier about choose your boss, choose the team, choose the leaders. Uh, is there any other advice that you like to give, or some really good advice that you've received? And then to further that, what do you look for? Whether it's that recent graduate or someone that's maybe on your team that's a manager that's hoping to get promoted to director and so on. Well, you know, if you love your job. You're not really working, right? Is kind of the abbreviated of that old adage. Um, but I've always been a firm believer in that. If you find something that you are passionate in, 
you are going to inherently be better and be more successful at it. So whatever that is, you know, find your passion or passions and pursue them. And there will be a job, there will be a career uh, that can come of any of those. So I'm, I'm convinced of that, but I just deep down believe, and, and I've been very lucky that I've been in an industry from day one out of college that was what I wanted to do. Um, and I haven't deviated from that. And there's been times where maybe you look at other opportunities outside the industry, things come by you, and it just, I, I could not imagine myself not being able to do what I do every day. I'm so blessed and fortunate to be able to come to an office where there's, you know, 250 other passionate people that care so much about what we are doing. Um, and that you can't help but get fired up and excited about that. So you know, I guess that, you know, if I could sum it up in, in, in terms of advice, it's make sure you, you pursue your passions, find out what you're passionate about and pursue them relentlessly and, and don't take no for an answer. I mean, if I had to, if I took no for an answer, I would never be working in this industry. I, I must've got shot down 15, 20 times to try to volunteer free work, free labor, be an unpaid intern coming out of college and, you know, finally someone gave me a chance and um you know it's just don't ever give up on those on those dreams on those passions so i think that's that's a big one uh for me and then the other one i did say it earlier but i can't stress it enough it's you know choose your you know position choose an opportunity on the people and who you you know who are the people that you're going to be working with day in day out can you learn are you going to grow do they have your back you know is it that type of servant leader that's going to carry you much, much further in your career than a better title or a little more money in the short term. And I've been blessed to do that everywhere in my career. I mean, I've worked for people. Um, I've worked for people. Obviously, I mentioned Steve Griggs here and Jeff Vinnick, but I've, you know, Tom Garfinkel, the CEO of the Miami Dolphins, uh, Brent Stelick, the Chief Revenue Officer of the Cleveland Browns, uh, Rob Sullivan, uh, who runs all premium seating for Madison Square Garden. Jeff Tucker, Senior Vice President of the San Francisco Giants. I mean, I've been able to work for these four or five gentlemen uh, along the way who are just amazing leaders. Um, you know, and the thing that I've always been impressed by them is, you know, you're going to learn something new, obviously, but one of the commonalities is they're all amazing, you know, family men that balance that work-life balance of working in sports and entertainment while having a family and still being the best husband and, and father and those type of things that you can be. And um, so that's why I go back to, and it's easy to sit back and look on this, but, you know, I've always tried to follow my career in terms of follow the people, right. not as much, you know, the title or geography or compensation. Well, Jared, this was fun. As a uh, Southeasterner, North Carolinian, I'm glad to see that hockey in the Southeast is in good hands. So I'm glad you've had a good first two years of the Lightning. I wish you many more. Uh, you guys have had a real rough go of it here these last few years on ice. <laughs> yep, we have. No, the, the, uh, congrats <laughs> on all We're the fortunate. success. No, certainly. Thank you for coming on and uh, sharing advice, especially across all the different sports. And uh, again, I wish you and your team continued success. I appreciate you having me on and we'd love to do it again sometime. So thank you. Thanks for listening to the Front Office Exchange, where you hear about the careers of some of the leading executives in sports business. Visit us at frontofficeexchange.com, on Facebook, at Front Office Exchange, and on Twitter, at Front Office EXCH, to access past episodes, show notes, and much, much more. 